Not enough metal on this show, at least when we talk about 3D printing. Way too much plastics. Yeah, plastics. Wouldn't you agree, Carol? Yes, plastics. CNC metal, cutting. Please. No, but Rick Fullop joins us right now. He's co-founder and CEO of Desktop Metal, which is exploring this the, the, the hefty problem, pun intended, of 3D printing with metal. Um, maybe, right. Rick, we should start with uh, just a primer for people on how 3D printing actually works in most cases. Absolutely. So... In the past, metal 3D printing has been, which, is, by the way, has been around for uh, about roughly 20 years. Uh, it uses a technology where you spread powder, and then you hit it with a laser, and you're basically welding layer by layer. Uh, and that's been a very, very expensive technology. That it's inaccessible. These machines are like mainframes. And so so I'm, I'm going to backtrack a little more. So, so the metal, sure. the, basically like metal fibers are laid out in less than a millimeter of height hit with a laser well, to well, melt like, it together, and they sort of add even, layer even, upon layer upon layer. It's even more more uh, aggressive than that. So it's metal powders instead of fibers, and the, the powders are stacked in layers that are 50 microns, so the width of a human hair. So very, very thin layers, and you just micro-weld them one at a time. That's been the old technology, and so the technology we're introducing is a system that is 100 times faster and uh, uses a, a powder that's less expensive. It's 80% cheaper. And the result is that in production, you can make parts that are at 120th the cost. And it's now competitive with all production methodologies like castings, et cetera, up to 100,000 units. So and that's, these things, uh, I was like, sorry to keep going over. The, the, what makes it difficult is, is you can imagine every time you add a layer, again, as you say, the, the height of a human hair, if you're building just like a little Lego figure of metal or any other substance, every time you add a layer, there's more opportunity for it to be just a little bit off and a little bit screwed up so that it doesn't look like the thing you're trying to actually model. Well, it's, it's uh, you know, the technology has advanced quite a bit on the laser side, although the approach that we do is, is uh, using inkjet printing where we spread the powder and then we put a binder on it and uh, it's, think of it as glue. And that's actually uh, a much more efficient much, much faster way of doing it. And then we put that whole system in a new type of microwave uh, sintering system, which will uh, evaporate the glue and then consolidate the part at once. And that is uh, uh, the technology we're introducing, which is uh, a lot more efficient. And uh, uh, we're working with a variety of large companies like Caterpillar, and Jable and uh, BMW to introduce that. And to be fair, as Corey well knows, and so does our, our listeners as well as you do, Rick, I mean, 3D printers have been around mm -hmm. for decades. They've had their limitation, metal 3D printers, that is, specifically, but they've had sure. their limitations. So you guys, you know, have come up with a different way. And General Electric is buying companies in this space. Everybody's looking at it. Tell me how well it's worked, how many systems you have sold or are getting ready to so sell, and what the price is. Sure. So uh, General Electric, by the way, is one of our investors. We've raised roughly $100 million from a number of people like Leonard Perkins and GE and BMW and other folks. And um, this year, we'll probably have uh, several hundred systems in the field by the end of the year. Uh, we have two, two technologies. Uh, one is a system that can work in your office that, um, where the printer starts around $50,000 and then the microwave and everything else brings it up to 120 k That's more for prototyping. And if you really want to mass-produce parts, you use our production system, which starts around 360K, and that really goes in a factory. How many of those have you sold, those big big systems? Those are going to start shipping next year. And what's your so who knows? Well, but what's your expectation for that market? It's a huge market. So there's over a trillion dollars worth of metal parts. 
produced every year in sort of top 10 countries in the world. And uh, uh, today, almost none of that is 3D printed. It's all forged and cast and uh, many other techniques to uh, make metal parts. And uh, the system, for the first time, brings this type of uh, printing technology on parity with, with uh, techniques like casting. So 1% of that market would be $100 billion. I mean, what what percentage of that $1 trillion uh, metal parts market, if you will, do you anticipate well, getting? Think of, sure. You know, it, it's going to take time, like all, like all technologies do to penetrate. But if you think of machining, uh, machining or CNC uh, systems, which is a subtractive method of making parts, it's about $80 billion a year. Uh, and, and the current generation of metal printers, the ones that use lasers, it's only $1 billion, So it's one eightieth the size. So if we take a chunk out of machining, this is going to be a big business. And then after that comes casting, et cetera. It seems that rapid prototyping is really the key here, though, right? Is, is, is that it, it isn't the using it for modeling. It's the using it in production for rare parts. Yeah, I mean, you could do both. You could do it for large, for large production runs where you can topology optimize them or make shapes that you couldn't have produced in other ways. And also you can, uh, you can do uh, rapid prototyping. The, the key here is that you have no tooling. When you're going to mass produce a part through conventional methods, you have to spend money on tooling. So that your piece part cost is low, but then you have more types of tooling over the number of parts you're going to make. So if you make five parts instead of 100,000, your cost per part is very expensive. And what this technology enables you to do is mass customization. You have no tooling, and you can print a run of 5,000 or a run of 100,000 for the same cost, and then you could design to optimize and, and improve your design very rapidly because you don't have to spend money on tooling. As I mentioned, 3D... Metal 3D printers have been around for decades. 3D printing, Corey and I have had you know many guests on, and we've talked about the ups and downs sure. of the 3D cycle. What is it that makes it so different and gives you the confidence that you guys have it right now? It's and we just got about 40 seconds here. Sure, I mean the industry is growing. Uh, I think you've gone through different parts of, of the hype cycle. Uh, this is a brand new technology that eliminates a lot of the uh, issues that the technology had before. So for the first time, we have the cost structure to go to market uh, with metal 3D printing. It's, it's such an interesting business. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Uh, just 20 seconds left. Pick one industry where you think is going to happen the most. Well, a lot of our customers are in automotive, heavy duty, and uh, markets like that where, you know, they actually, because we're giving you parts that are one twentieth the cost of the prior technology, they can now afford to do that in, in their vehicles or their, their machines. All right, Rick Phillip, thank you so much. Co-founder, CEO at Desktop Metal, joining us on the phone from Massachusetts. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Masser, my co-host, Corey Johnson. We've got a market update on the other side of the break. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.